0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Dallas Hoops FanCast, a podcast for Mavs fans. I'm your host, Sydney. I'm here with my co-host, Martin. Hey, guys. You can follow the show on Twitter at Dallas HoopsCast. You can follow me on Twitter at underscore Sydney Myers. And this is big. This is huge. Martin is now on Twitter.
1: And uh, I'm not really sure how I feel about it as of yet.
0: Well, you're only like 10 years late. So by the time you figure it out, we'll all be on like something else.
1: The thing I've noticed, though, is during a Mavs game, every (laughs) time there's a commercial break, you go straight to Twitter. Yeah. And so I opened my Twitter account and the first Mavericks game against the Grizzlies on commercial break, the first thing I do is go straight to Twitter, and there's and like two hundred tweets. So I made a promise to myself in the second half. Yeah, I wasn't going to look at Twitter until after the game is over.
0: That's what I started doing too. I would check uh, it like during I the commercial noticed. break. <laughs>
1: well, <laughs> sometimes we're in the middle of a conversation. I didn't realize I was talking to myself the whole time.
0: <laughs> well, during the game, I try not to look at it because what happens
1: is <laughs> you need to try a lot harder
0: because what happens is i realize like wait a minute i'm watching the game i don't need twitter to tell me what happened but um i think if something if there's something frustrating i tend to be on twitter more because it's that kind of like community sort of therapeutic thing where you can just sort of vent and like sometimes as fans we say crazy things and you know, there's no need to overreact with it. We're kind of just in our feelings in the moment. And it's kind of just, it's nice to have that community. But I'm the same way. I <laughs> i
1: feel like you just use that as an opportunity <laughs> to, to talk about yes. myself. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on from Twitter. Hi,
0: I'm Sydney. How we met yet? Do the full intro. Okay. Um, yes, yeah, so Martin is on Twitter. I didn't even say your screen name. It's at Martin L. Myers. So, yeah. Follow him. Give him a warm welcome. Don't make him feel bad for being late to the party. Uh, you know, you're probably never gonna beat me in followers because I have already like 300. I mean, um, I'm
1: not trying to. Well, good
0: you. because it's a okay. So a the Mavericks played. Right uh, also, hold on. Oh yeah. You can listen to new episodes and read exclusive articles at DallasHoopsCast.com. You can al- where you can also read the latest breaking news about the Mavericks from around the web and start shopping for Mavericks gear and tickets. Dallas Hoops Com. Okay, let's get started. So uh, Mavs beat the Grizzlies last night. Good win. The Mavs are now number one in the league in offensive rating. Out.
1: After two... Sorry, go ahead. No, no, yeah.
0: It's all right. I'm used to you interrupting.
1: <laughs> well, their offense against the Knicks and the Magic, after those two games, they dropped from first and went all the way to third. And then, you know, they're right back at first again. After yeah. 138, they dropped against Memphis.
0: Yeah, they, they're now... They're scoring 116.3 points per game, which is sixth in the league, uh, number one offensive rating. Their defensive rating is they're 17th right now. They're allowing 111.9, which is 20th in the league. So, I mean, they're not, they're like, not last. They're not yes, last. Yeah, so. you know? I mean, they're not even, you know, like 25th even yeah. I would feel bad about. But 20, it's like,
1: okay. There's room for improvement there. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. But it's not like there's no hope. No. You know, there's just, there's room for improvement. I mean, you bump that up 10, you know, you're like that's 10 away from being top 10. I'm really trying to look at the bright side here. But yeah, um, their defense has been pretty bad. They literally just cannot stop anybody inside. Well, even in the Memphis game where Memphis isn't even that good. I mean, they have Jonas inside. Guys like Jaron Jackson can get inside, but it's not like they have a great team. And even then, it was like the Mavs just could not stop them. It's at kind
1: all. of like the beginning of last year where they were allowing an all time record of opponents' three point percentage. Yeah. They were shooting like 50% or something from three against the Mavericks. And this year, like, for example, Julius Randle was shooting 17% from three, plays the Mavericks. He hits like, I think, two or three of them, which he probably yeah. hadn't hit consecutive threes in a game all season. So it's things like that that I think there's room for improvement, better closeouts, better defensive scheming. And in the second half of the season, they did a really good job. They dropped from last in the league to, I think, top 10 or something like that Mm -hmm. in overall three-point percentage. So they can improve, but they're not the worst in the league, which is awesome.
0: Yeah, and I think like this year it's not – I haven't noticed so much that teams are on fire from three. It's the interior defense.
1: Well, and it's
0: like we were talking about this last night during the game. Like Dwight Powell, guys just get whatever they want against him. And it's like, it's so frustrating because he's there. He's in a stance. He bodies them up. He's got, he goes straight up. He's strong. He's athletic. I mean, physically, he has everything. You look at his, the way that he defends, he does everything right. But it's like, guys just, Everything goes in against yeah. him.
1: Well, it, I was going to say, I didn't notice the interior defensive problems until Dwight came back.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Before that, when it was.
0: Um, Probably Maxi. Yeah, yeah. Porzingis. I can't think
1: today. Yeah, Porzingis and Maxi as your front court guys, yeah. I thought they did fine. But Dwight Powell, like you said, provides zero resistance. He's He's too small, really, to guard any post up players. But he's too big to guard any wings, so he's just kind of out there, and I feel bad for him because sometimes he does a great job of being there, yeah, putting his hands Activity, up, whatever. Yeah. But he's such a little resistance because he doesn't have the greatest wingspan, I guess, whatever. And so when the player scores on him, anyways, he's always has this look on his face like, oh my god, <laughs> you know. And I just, I yeah. feel terrible for him.
0: Last night against the Grizzlies was the first time I got time- destroyed. Oh yeah. Well, that was the first time that I've seen Carlisle actually. To me, it looked like he took Powell out of the game, not just for rest or anything, but because he was so bad. Mm-hmm. Like usually, Powell just plays his minutes no matter what. But last time, last night, it looked like you know Carlisle was actually taking him out because he just wasn't. Well, he didn't well. even
1: start. Yeah. I mean, Bobon started because dwight provides zero resistance to guys that are bigger than him and that can post up and valanchunas although he's, he's not guy. tim duncan out there he would have and he did destroy yeah. powell in the anytime half.
0: powell was on the court you could you could see it they Bucket. were going right at him <laughs> yeah they were just picking on him um and yeah it's like so when you look at the defensive numbers like kleba At least according to the numbers is a better defender and i think we also agree with that that yeah the eye test so like for example his defensive box plus minus where you want to have a higher number which seems backwards it seems like you want to have a lower number but I had to look that up myself. But anyways, um, Maxi Kleba is better in that regard. Um, Also, in defensive rating, Kleba has a higher defensive rating than um, Dwight Powell. So it's like he is a better defender. And, you know, we're going to talk about lineups later on um, in this episode. But, yeah, it's like right now their defense is just terrible. And it's... It's the interior. It's like Powell. Yeah. Just they get whatever they want against yeah. him. Yeah.
1: But you know, at least we have a really good offense, so we're still able to, if not win. Yeah. I mean, we we are six and three, mm-hmm. and I know it's not the best. Uh, you know, the, way the hardest schedule. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we've we've lost some games we should have won, and we won some games that really in the past we would have lost. So it's yeah. been kind of a weird first nine games of the season. Um but, you know, we'll see how they go. If they improve their defense, even where they're top 15, mm-hmm. I mean, you're looking at a really scary team.
0: Yeah, I um, I tweeted this last night. You know, th- there's been some extremely frustrating things about this season that, that are still there that haven't gone away, and we're going to talk about some of them. But for all the frustrating things, there have been things on the complete opposite end of the spectrum that are just amazing. Like they've had some awful losses, like against the Knicks, but then they have Luca Magic, who's just amazing to watch. You know, they have like the worst interior defense. They just cannot get a stop. But then sometimes their offense just looks amazing. So it's like this, it's sometimes seems so inconsistent, but in the end, they just, they have Luca and Porzingis. And Mm -hmm. so they just end up scoring more points. Um, But like I said, there's a few things that are kind of frustrating. We're going to talk about starting lineups, rotations, There's things that, I don't know, that we've noticed that fans have also noticed too. So we're going to go into that. um, And then also talk about about their upcoming schedule, which kind of gets a little rough, but we'll see what to expect from that. And a couple of other things about Luca possibly being in the MVP conversation. Um, But first, you brought up earlier when we were talking about this, how despite the win against the Grizzlies, which was a huge... um, comeback win not comeback but a a bounce back win there's still some things that happen against the knicks that we don't want to
1: ignore yeah Yeah. ignore
0: and it's not i mean i was really I, i tweeted this last night Like, i was really happy for the team that they bounced back and came together and won that game against the grizzlies and and one of the way they did the way that they blew them out i think that says a lot about them um but some of those issues that caused them to lose against the knicks might still be there. It might still be a problem. Um, one of them, you want to start with starting starting lineups and rotations.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's more of like usually the start of every season where all the fans and, and even the media, even though they act like, you know, they're not thinking about it or they don't see the same thing. It seems like Carwell just does some things that are like head scratchers yeah and then some things that uh, you feel like are so freaking obvious <laughs> it never happens yeah. and we're just like what, what what are we doing here you know and and we just don't understand and it seems like it takes him 20 games before he finally makes a, a change on on what he's gonna do and i think last year it was that loss against the knicks at home that realize he finally realized, okay, Luca's gotta have the ball the majority yeah. of the time.
0: He must have heard you <laughs> on- screaming at him yeah. and,
1: and embarrassing us. Yeah. Um, and so yeah, with this season, the the issue is with the rotations and then the the shots, who's getting shots? And we've yeah. had issues with people that we feel like should be getting shots, like Porzingis and like Seth Curry, yeah, that weren't getting shots or aren't getting shots as effective or as much as we want them to. And then players that are getting shots a lot that we don't understand why. Yeah, like Tim Hardaway. I, I like Tim Hardaway. I do. He's a great teammate, and he's a, he's a nice guy to have on the team. But he should never have thirty-five shots, and Seth Curry have zero.
0: Yeah, yeah. I uh, it's I think Curry and Hardaway in particular is one of the things that frustrates people the most, and it's so interesting to me because they have put such an emphasis on creating good looks from three-point mm-hmm. range. And I think a lot of times they do a good job of that. But then it's like, well, if that's your goal, then I feel like you should want Curry to be out there because he's what. of, like right now, their best three-point shooters are Justin Jackson, who's shooting 47%, Seth Curry, who's shooting 41 and DeLon Wright, who's shooting 40 Like, and, you know, just because they're good three-point shooters doesn't mean... They're amazing in every other way. There could be some other deficiency that Carlisle doesn't like. But like Seth Curry, for example, I feel like, you know, for the scheme that you want to run, I feel like he fits that. It's confusing to me that he doesn't start or get more minutes. And he's projected to start against the Celtics. Yeah,
1: and he he has started a lot this season. That's not really the problem. Like he's had games like against uh, the Knicks where he – Played like 12 minutes. That's it.
0: Or like seven or something. No, or the game was,
1: before that, uh, against was, the Magic, he played seven minutes. Yeah. He started, I believe, against the Magic. Or, no, or it was Courtney. Whatever. Either way, Courtney Lee was in there somewhere that yeah. should never have been in yeah, there.
0: Yeah, and then Courtney Lee. Yeah, okay, we'll, we'll get into that later. So, but.
1: you know, and then he just, uh, sometimes he'll start, doesn't play again. it's like, I, I guess because in those first five minutes, he didn't get a shot. Yeah. That it's not his night. So we're just going to go away from that. And I, I don't like that. I don't know what advanced analytics they're looking at to make them feel like to make them feel like that Tim Hardaway Jr. is a better option at getting more and more shots. Whatever it yeah. is, they need to reevaluate <laughs> because when you look at the game, you're like, okay, why is this guy shooting Yolo yeah. shots from 35 feet, and yeah. Seth Curry is playing 12 minutes?
0: Yeah, I am. Um, the only thing I could find was. So obviously, Seth Curry is a better shooter. He's shooting, like I said, forty-one on threes. Tim Hardaway is shooting thirty-five overall. Curry is shooting forty-three and a half. Tim Hardaway is shooting thirty-eight percent overall. But Tim Hardaway Jr. has a higher or a better defensive rating than Seth Curry. So I don't know. That might be part of what they're looking at of of why he gets more minutes. But yeah, again, it's like it's weird to me that Curry is such a good three-point shooter and yet he's not getting yeah. yeah and
1: against the memphis grizzlies you know he he got a lot of shots he got 12 he didn't shoot particularly well the second half but he started off the game nicely and it, it was it was nice to see
0: yeah i want to point out so just a couple more things on that i looked at some lineups so i looked at three man lineups and i looked at five man lineups not necessarily starting lineups but just lineups just lineups yeah Yeah. Yeah. so the three-man lineup of curry luca and porzingis which i think is the one that we all want to see yeah and then two other whoever you want to play them with um they've played 86 minutes together they have a net rating of negative 0.4 so not that low yeah yeah Um, Their best five-player lineups that have played at least 10 minutes total this season. Their best one is actually, I would say, a bench lineup. It's Hardaway, Powell, Wright, Jackson, and Brunson. Mm -hmm. That net rating is 42.5, which is outrageously high and like probably an anomaly. But the second best uh, lineup is Curry, Powell, Porzingis, Brunson, and Doncic. Um, They've played 15 minutes together. They have a net rating of 6.5. And again, that's their second-best line, five-man lineup that's played at least 10 yeah, minutes Yeah, but net,
1: net rating is also who they're going against, right? True. Yeah, so, I mean, it's
0: it's a combination of how many points you score versus yeah. how many points are scored
1: against you, yeah, essentially. Yeah, so that that can vary from... I mean, you, you would really need a large sample size in order yeah, to see... it's so early. It, yeah. yeah, so I don't know. I, I think that...
0: Uh, I mean, like, my point is that I think there are some numbers that say that Curry, um, like maybe Hardaway should get more minutes, like the defensive rating and like that net rating of Curry, Luca, and Porzingis. But then there's some numbers that say Curry should get more minutes because of his shooting and because of the net rating of that five-man lineup. So
1: I think what it all boils down to with me is the way Carlisle coaches and the way he does his rotation, it shows that he doesn't trust certain players And he trusts more, some more than others. For example, if Seth Curry isn't having a great game to start the game. He's out. He's out. Just
0: like that. Just
1: because whatever. You don't trust that Curry, who throughout his whole career, can get on fire at any moment. You don't trust that he's going to do that. He's done. We're not going to play him again. He's not going to impact this game, which you do not know that. At any moment a guy can can hit fire.
0: Well, and Curry's not even the kind of guy that needs to get on fire. No, he's he just, just a needs solid to get open player. shots. Yeah. Yes.
1: He's consistent. Yeah. But then other players who aren't playing well, for example, Tim Hardaway Jr., he could be playing terribly. We keep riding him. Yeah. We have yet to see a moment where Tim Hardaway Jr. is sucking in the game. Just mm-hmm. just having a bad game. Get pulled and not play again. Yeah, it doesn't happen with him. He he's always going to go back in there. So Carlisle trusts whatever the analytics or the player himself. He's going with his gut. Whatever I don't know. Yeah, but it's just not a. It's not the way you want to. It's not the message you want to send to your players. You don't trust him, and it's the whole thing with his his timeouts. He's very quick to call a timeout. A team can score two baskets in a row boom timeout He's and we, very predictable and we can predict it as soon as yeah. they score before he calls a timeout we're like timeout, timeout. because we know <laughs> and we've seen the frustration on Luca sometimes they call a timeout too quickly and he is just frustrated because he yeah. wants to give them an opportunity to play through it let them continue to fight because teams are going to go on runs so that's the thing he he coaches analytics he doesn't coach players.
0: Yeah, I would, and you know, to your point about um, trusting players or not trusting other players, I think that's that's um, kind of just a trend that we notice. Like for example, I said earlier how Powell got yanked out of the game last night, and that was the first time I've seen him. I've seen that happen with Powell. Usually, Powell gets his minutes regardless, no matter what. Yeah. yeah. Um, same with like Dorian Finney-Smith. Now I've come to appreciate Finney-Smith and what he does after doing the research for that article about, like, what do the Mavs see in him? I now see it. I, I see what they see in him. And so, but, you know, he he's not always on, but yet he's generally going to get his minutes. And then we saw this the past three or four years, and I hate to bring this up, but with Wesley Matthews, he was going to get his minutes no matter what. And so it's like, with some guys, they can do whatever they want on the court, and they're going to play their 20, 25, 30 minutes, whereas other players... They have a bad stretch of three or four minutes and they're out and and maybe they're out of the rotation for the next five games Mm -hmm. yeah it's just um it's kind of crazy i mean and it's one of those things like i think carlisle is a good coach overall i'm not calling for him to get fired or anything but i I, you know i think you can be somewhere in the middle i don't think just because a fan or just because we say these negative things about carlisle it doesn't mean that we're like irrational we want him to be fired and we're idiots or something no. it's like i'm pointing out something that's frustrating That that's
1: easily fixed yeah that i just i wish yeah. it
0: wasn't like that well,
1: well. And, and like i said my, my problem with him is that he he does not take into account how a player feels about yeah. a situation and i know that sounds really childish but we're dealing with human yeah, beings they're just people yeah you know? and so especially this team this is not a veteran team this is a really young team. So the way the 2010-2011 Mavericks responded, when Deshaun Stevenson all of a sudden lost his starting job and J.J. was inserted into the starting lineup, mm-hmm. he responded differently because he'd been in the league for 10. He understands. Yeah, You have a younger team that doesn't quite understand what he's doing and, and making all these lineup changes, and he doesn't take into consideration how they feel. And we saw case in point when Porzingis was really struggling a couple games ago yeah. he hit a three he hadn't made a shot all you know all game he's been playing terrible yeah. made a three took him out his normal rest and it's like well that that's an opportunity yeah. to to let him stay in there and and continue to play and uh, he doesn't take into consideration and we've seen it so many times when a player gets taken out of the game and the camera goes to them and yeah. they're they're confused they're like yeah. what did i do wrong yeah well, and it's like he just he has this gut about something he needs to put somebody else in there because he thinks something else is going to run better and uh i just don't think that's a good idea with a young team and i feel like you know if he continues to do that he'll lose lose the locker room now we're that's really dramatic yeah but you know it's possible you know, th- th- these guys aren't dirk okay He's not coaching Dirk anymore.
0: Yeah. I mean, like, I don't want to overreact to it at this point because it's so early in the season. But
1: but we've seen the frustration on the me. players' yeah, faces. Me, yeah. yeah,
0: And I do think that it's kind of like I said to myself before the season started that I'm not going to get frustrated by Carlisle's things. Because he does things that frustrate the crap out of me. Overall, I think he's a good coach. But mm-hmm. it's just these things bother me so much. Um, and it's hard to not – even though I said that to myself, I still get frustrated about this stuff. And I think, you know, the issue that fans have with the lineups and the rotations, I think that's going to continue. I mean, Carlisle himself said that the lineups and rotations are going to be fluid.
1: And I just I, I, I just don't understand that. Like, mm-hmm. I, I don't understand that at all. Like, why can't we just do just start your five what best all players. other yeah. teams in the NBA yeah. do? You have a set starting lineup. Sometimes that set starting lineup is not your go-to. It's not your best lineup. It's not your
0: closing lineup. It creates
1: continuity, Mm -hmm. familiarity. You know know what your lineup is going to be. The players know what minutes they're going to get from game to game. You don't have all this confusion. They know what they're going to do. They know what they're going to play. And with the starting lineup, it's like every team, every coach in the league, has a set starting lineup. Yeah. Why why do we have to do something different? Like we have players that should start and we have players that should come off the bench. Why don't you just do that? Yeah. Get a, a set lineup and and do you really have to do this much experimentation with the players or whatever he does in order to find this out?
0: Well, and it's it's so weird like um you know, one of the things he said is that he's going to choose a starting lineup based on the best matchup for that team they're currently playing. And so that is going to change from team to team. And I'm like, okay, that makes sense. But then it's weird that we know, okay, that's the strategy, or at least that's what we think the strategy is. So then to start Courtney Lee and play mm-hmm. him like four minutes or seven minutes, it's yeah. like- is is he are, the best
1: player for that match? If that was ma- the yeah.
0: b- best matchup, why yes. did he only play five minutes? Yes. Like that's yeah. that's one of those things that- it's not even, like, frustrating. It's just bizarre to me. Mm-hmm. I just, I don't understand that. I mean, I, there's probably a lot of things I don't know, but it's just, it's so weird, things like that. It's weird to watch.
1: It's unnecessary. Just have a starting lineup. And, yeah. and just have your bench unit rotation. I, I understand that might, be cha- that might change as the game goes on. Like, let's say your bench comes in, they're on fire. Mm-hmm. and normally you would take them out at a certain time, but because they're playing so well, you keep them in for a little bit longer. That's yeah. what a regular coach would do. Yeah. But he, even if, you know, if a player's on fire, he's still going to come out at his regular time, unless it's a player he likes.
0: Yeah. So, uh, you know, it's one of those things that is just frustrating. And like I said, I don't think it's going to, like I think it's just going to be this way for the whole season. I mean, honestly, they're six and three, so I feel like, I shouldn't, and it's like, I'm not complaining about the result, like this, like their record isn't good enough to me. It's just, it's frustrating when you're watching the game. Mm -hmm. Like if you just were to look at the box score or the win-loss total, then like, yeah, it wouldn't bother you. But for, you know, when fans watch the games, it's just, these are the things that are are frustrating to see.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And there's some games I think they they probably lost because... Maybe. Of some of these questionable yeah. decision making that they've had.
0: So, a question about um, games they've lost and why that game against the Knicks. Really, nobody outside of Porzingis and Curry played well at all. I think there were multiple players that had donuts. They just did not even or one score. point, yeah, three or, or had one yeah, point yeah. against the Grizzlies. They really bounced back, and and the whole team contributed really well. Do you think that was a fluke what happened in the Knicks or do you think this is going to be a storyline where their role players just sometimes don't show up
1: no I I think that just happens role players sometimes you just have teams that do that and that's why having uh, stars really helps now what would help the Mavericks is if they had a third primary playmaker yeah and it doesn't have to be the third leading scorer just a third guy that can make plays and I felt like the Knicks game, much like the Magic game, they really could have used J.J. Yeah. I feel like J.J. is a third primary. Well, he is. He is. We've yeah. seen it. Yeah. He can be that third guy. When he comes off the bench, you know J.J., it against those Knicks, he wouldn't have had a donut. No, he would have recognized what was going on and he would have made plays to make sure just like he did against the magic. Yeah, I know he had a lot of adrenaline going against the magic because it was his first game, but he's, but that's what he does. That's not the first time
0: he's done that. JJ
1: is an all-star when he's on the court now, because of his size, he can't be on the court for 30 minutes or 35 minutes a game. And he can't do that throughout an 82 game stretch. His body Mm -hmm. can't handle it. But when he is on the court, JJ is an all-star. The way he makes plays, sometimes he's unstoppable and he carves up defenses. I thought he earned his minutes back whenever he came in and played against the Magic and helped them win. I felt like against the Knicks, J.J. would have been that third guy to help carry the load from Porzingis and Luka who were on fire and nobody else was doing anything. I felt like J.J. would have been able to do that. I don't know if J.J. only played to light a fire under Jalen to make Jalen realize, hey, yeah. you're you're not guaranteed but minutes. But he
0: still didn't play well against the Knicks. So, I mean...
1: And and really, he played okay against the Grizzlies. He had yeah. some moments, but then he had moments he had where he had three moments too. three turnovers in a row.
0: Yeah. Um, Jalen's been a little bit up and down this year. Um, which we really liked him last year. And I think he'll bounce back. But, you know... I yeah. want to win. Yeah. In the meantime, has Berea earned the right yeah. to, I, to get I, those minutes?
1: If you're trying to win... I believe it. you need to go back with JJ. And I understand what that means. That means Jalen kind of goes back to riding the bench, what JJ's doing now. Yeah. It sucks, but I want to win. And I feel like JJ gives them the best opportunity to win.
0: Yeah. I mean, his, he's a veteran, and I think sometimes they could use a little bit of we that. We just
1: trust when JJ has the ball yeah, that something's going to happen. Yeah. And he can really help carry that load when Luca. Or Luca can play off the ball a little bit. He's yeah. also a veteran when he he can tell when Porzingis has got it going, yeah, and he can go to him. Something Luca's still working on, you know, trying to 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 orchestrate, yeah, the offense. I think JJ he's got a great camaraderie or relationship with Powell on the court. Mm-hmm. They can play together some. I don't know. I, I just think JJ should be playing again. I know what that means. Jalen's minutes would disappear. But if I think if you want to win more. It's got to be JJ.
0: So um, we talked about their defense a little earlier. Um, We don't have to spend too much time on this because I know this is like game 10 of the season, but is it too early to start talking about Andre Iguodala? I mean, like, he's out there, and we all know he's not going to be on the Grizzlies when the playoffs come around. So, like, and we don't, like I said, we don't have to spend a lot of time on it, but is it too early to be thinking about, like, how can the Mavericks get him should they get him yeah
1: i you have to i mean, I mean he he's he's one of the best on-ball defenders yeah. in the league
0: and he's a veteran which again yes. i think sometimes they could use that yeah.
1: and uh no you, you, i think you you should you, you would have to try to get him i don't know what memphis is waiting for i don't know if they think they're going to yeah. get you know, a team's first round pick for, Igu- they're not.
0: No. They why had, they're keeping him. They had him- to get a first round pick to take him. Yeah. You know?
1: Why Why they're keeping him, Yeah, I don't know.
0: Well, I think you brought out a couple weeks ago that it could be Iguodala who wants to wait to see how the, how the league develops, like yeah. which teams are good. I mean, like there's a 99.9% chance he goes to the Lakers.
1: Yeah. And that was just a theory that I had. Yeah, I had no yeah. proof. But you, you know, know.
0: Your, your sources into like your,
1: your sources <laughs> sources tell me um,
0: yeah so it's like that that is a possibility and like I said most people expect him to go to the Lakers and that probably will happen but you know if the late or if the Mavs make an offer that's appealing because they are so good you know, or they're
1: at least in the playoff hunt
0: yeah he might you know he might think about and I think they should go after him he would help defensively mm-hmm. um I think that would I don't know, would he start? Would that make him a clear starter?
1: Over who? Seth or Dorian? Well,
0: I mean, it depends on the night, really, <laughs> because those guys haven't well, even started every game. It, it
1: opens up another thought, which is um, I think they gotta go to Porzingis at the five.
0: Oh yeah. I think to yeah. improve
1: their their perimeter defense, they gotta have better perimeter defenders out there, at least more of them. Mm-hmm. Right now we have Dorian. Yeah. He's our best perimeter defender. He's the only one out there. And, and then
0: it, if they get in the paint, Powell has no resistance. Exactly. So,
1: and yeah. and right now, because uh, if, if Powell's guarding the five and the four is a guy that kind of spreads the floor, it takes Porzingis away from the basket. Yeah. I want Porzingis down low and I want him protecting the paint. Yeah. And I want better wing defenders to help prevent more players going into the paint. So yeah. I would want... And if we got Iguodala, it would be perfect. I would want Porzingis at the five, Finney Smith at the four, Iguodala at the three, Seth and Luca. And I feel like that would be a better defensive team. I think Luca and Finney Smith and Iguodala are good enough defenders or uh, rebounders to help Porzingis to get rebounds. But I think it at least filters all of the uh, people that are driving the paint to Porzingis. To help protect the pain
0: yeah i mean right now porzingis is their best interior defender like mm-hmm. powell is literally averaging zero blocks a game he hasn't registered a single block this season He provides
1: zero resistance yeah and
0: i feel bad because he's a really nice guy he's like he's a really cool guy but he just
1: i like and he's powell, out there just... hustling
0: and working but it just it there's just no resistance it yeah. just does not work um yeah so i mean like i said it's that's a long ways away but I think when you look at their defense and how terrible it is, if they do want to improve it, I mean, maybe, like we've said, this is like a bridge season. This is not when they make their deep run in the playoffs. This is just Well, and Iguodala is
1: on the last year of his deal, so true. it's not like it's a long-term yeah, answer. Yeah, true.
0: So, I mean, it's, they don't need to make any major decisions this year, but just, you know, if they wanted to address it um, for whatever reason, I think that's something that might come up later on as the trade deadline gets
1: closer. Yeah, and, and depending on what your record is, I mean, to me, if you're if you're up there, right, with the other teams in the West, if you're top
0: three or four,
1: you might as well, because yeah, you, like, you really no, don't really know not. what's going to happen yeah. in the playoffs. And mm-hmm. you don't know how Luke is going to respond to the playoffs. He plays his best games when the pressure is on. So he might be able to carry you. Yeah. You know, through a lot of that. Anyways, that's that's uh, that's a long way down the road.
0: Okay, so I wanted to take um, a look at their upcoming schedule because it gets a little rough over the next four games. Um, they play at Boston, at New York, and then home versus Toronto and San Antonio. Now, the only breaks they might have from those games is, first of all, in Boston, Gordon Hayward broke his hand, unfortunately. So they still have a very good team. They've only lost one game so far. Um so that's, that's going to be a, a tough game. And then in New York, that's going to be a big game. Just obviously it's New York and Porzingis. That was on your list of one of the most important games this they, month. But I think even though the Knicks suck, first of all, we know that's not a gimme. And two, it's it's in New York. I mean, I think it's going to be a, a tough environment.
1: They better win that game. After the way they got beat on their home court, yeah. they better go into that game as if it's a Game 7 or something, and just put that one away. The, The Knicks suck, and there is no reason that they should have beat you.
0: Yeah. So, you know, even though they are a lowly team, I still think that might be a tough game. And then versus Toronto, obviously, good team. Now, Kyle Lowry broke his hand, so he'll be out um but they still have talent Pascal Siakam He's
1: been he's been having a great he, he, been killing it. Yeah. He's surprised me. I thought he was going to have a drop off. Mm-hmm. But uh, he's actually been really really good.
0: Yeah, a lot of people were talking about how, you know, he could take another leap this year and and I was like the only reason he played well last year is because they had Kawhi
1: taking all the pressure. Yeah,
0: so defenses could focus on him. Um, but he's still been great this year. A lot of people he's way good,
1: better this year. Yeah, yeah,
0: people are talking about him being most improved player. Yeah. even you know coming mm-hmm. from last year. So,
1: well, didn't he win it last year? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs>
0: so it's like, but that's how good he's been yeah. this year. So that's going to be a tough game too, even without Kyle Lowry. Um, but it is at home, and then again at home versus San Antonio. So those four games. I mean, I think two and two is reasonable but again like they've kind of been a little inconsistent i'm a little afraid they're going to go one and three but i think two and two is that's my expectation right now. yeah
1: well they got to play better at home and the raptors and spurs because they're at home the mavericks should be at least favored against the spurs the spurs i know it's the spurs and when you hear san antonio spurs you automatically think juggernaut yeah but they're they're playing okay this yeah. year and Aldridge is is not really the same guy
0: He's never been the same since he went to San Antonio. Yeah,
1: and uh, so the the Spurs game at home—that's really one the Mavericks should be favored to win because yeah. it's at home and the Spurs are not.
0: I mean, they have a better record than the yes. Spurs. Yeah, so... now
1: by one game. But, now that could know, change by the time they true. actually play each yeah. other. But as it stands right now, that that should be a win.
0: They're at least equal, mm-hmm. and then they're at home. So, and
1: again, the Raptors at home without Kyle Lowry—that one should be. Yeah. One that they're favored in. Really, the the biggest game
0: the hardest game is the
1: Celtics yeah, in Boston Celt- yeah. and and then the Knicks I I feel like they're going to win that game just because you can't yeah. you, you can't go 0-2 against the Knicks this year. No. You know, two or their three wins can't be against you. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, yeah. 67% of their wins are against the Mavericks.
0: Yeah. I mean, I do like they could come and just ball out and completely destroy them. I think they
1: have to. Yeah. I think I think that uh that they they need to in order to just, Prove to themselves that they they laid an egg yeah. last time they played them. So the the Boston game, I, I'm actually expecting. I'm predict, predicting the Mavericks to win in Boston only because okay, okay. Um, Boston's won seven in a row. Oh And yeah. usually when you've won five, six, seven games in a row, you just happen to lose one, and it doesn't yeah. mean the Mavericks are better than them or whatever. They just they happen to lose. And I think the Mavericks have been playing better on the road. They've been playing better on the road in hostile environments. So I, I think the Mavericks might pull that one out and it would be really good to, to do that. And then the Knicks, and then... So I, I think they should... Three and one should be what their record should be I out mean, of these four games.
0: I haven't looked at the line, but I would say that they're favored probably against the Knicks, uh, tr- um, Raptors, and Spurs. So, um, I mean, mathematically, three and one is possible.
1: And... And... Um, Boston is favored right now to win by three and a half points. But on this, it has the injury report as Porzingis is out, and that's not true. So who knows if if the over-under changes. But right now, they're favored to win by three. So they're predicting a close game.
0: Yeah. So And then after that, the Mavs get a little bit of a break. They play Golden State and Cleveland at home. So should be a win. We'll Mm -hmm. see. And then um, they kind of have a little bit of a tough stretch that starts after they, that. They play at Houston, home versus the Clippers, and then at Phoenix, who has been... And at the
1: Lakers. Yeah. The, yeah.
0: And Phoenix has been... They, Surprising. I, think this I, is who they, I mean, I don't know. It's I,
1: I, I don't think they're this good. I, I get that they're playing well.
0: And they've had a tough schedule, um, too.
1: Yeah, but I think they're going to kind of taper off a little bit. I think they're going to be much better than they were last obviously, year. And I'm yeah. not saying they're going to, you know, the Mavericks haven't really played well against the Suns in the last couple of years anyways. Yeah. So in Phoenix, it's going to be a tough win, but. You're calling you know, it a
0: win, obviously.
1: Or a tough game. Yeah. Tough game. Yeah. 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 So I, I feel um, like they win. they're going to win every game.
0: Yeah. Well, <laughs> so. that's good. Yeah. Um, yeah. So these next four games, I think are, they're going to be tough. I hope the Mavs hold it together. Like I said, I think two and two, you said three and one.
1: If we come out of.
0: If they go one and three, then I'm going to be upset.
1: If they come out of these next four with a record of eight and five, which would be two and two, that's not bad. Yeah,
0: because then you have two games against Warriors and Cavs. And eight and five is
1: not bad. So, you know, it'd be nice if you were nine and four, but I I guess that's kind of asking for a lot.
0: Yeah, I think, you know, it's just. The losses they've had this year, like mm-hmm. the one against the Lakers, it's like, ah, oh, if only the foul, or if Kleba hadn't left Danny Green, or like so many things. Or like the one against the Knicks, it's like for some reason their losses, they don't feel like, like sometimes you win some, you lose some. Mm-hmm. But two of their losses this year so far is just felt so avoidable. they don't feel
1: like yeah they don't feel like win some lose some games they yeah. feel like wow we... it's the
0: ones that keep you awake I yeah yeah. Like, yeah so anyway we'll see if they turn it around like i said there's been some just oh my god so frustrating moments but then there's been some moments that are just amazing i mean watching mm-hmm. luca people are already saying he's top 10 in the league he's i don't i don't think he's an mvp candidate but people are talking like
1: eventually well,
0: he'll be an mvp
1: maybe not in the media's mind in my mind he's an MVP candidate already well, yes I mean what what more do you yeah, want to see mean, guess, him yeah. do like he
0: is you brought out so the the TPA from mm-hmm. nbamath.com um in offensive points added he's third in the league mm-hmm. at 58.98 now in de- overall he's third yeah yeah third in the league and then in defensive points saved he's Forty fifth, so like, but still, that's when you think of the. But his of his overall combined. Yeah, the TPA um, total points added. So once you take into consideration the off- offensive points added and the defensive points mm-hmm. saved, he's third overall, sixty eight point two six. Yeah. And so
1: so with this, the the biggest thing that is really starting to annoy me. I get it, Luca is not the best defender. I'm willing to accept that, but in no way is he. The worst defender or a liability on defense. People, they are afraid to put him in the top ten category because they're they're always saying, "Well, he's got to play defense." Slow speed. Yeah, but they're (laughs) so quick to ignore the defensive numbers on some of these other superstars like Damian Lillard. Who, yes, Lillard is a superstar. I'd take him in a heartbeat, but defensively, he's negative eleven point oh eight. Same At,
0: thing with Harden. Harden negative fourteen. We don't even have to talk 14. about that. Yeah,
1: it's ridiculous. Um, you no, know, like
0: Luca. I did look up some of his other defensive numbers. So like his offensive rating is pretty bad. His opponent field goal percentage of uh, the opponent field goal percentage when he's guarding a guy goes up four point four percent. So it's like he is not a great defender. Right. But, but he there's is a not the worst. other superstars yes. that also are not
1: great Exactly. Is he Kawhi on defense? No. Right. But is he Trey Young? No. no. <laughs> yeah. Like, he's not as yes. bad. He's an average defender out yeah. there. And that's okay. Because he's so good offensively that he's third overall in TPA. No one's going to catch Giannis in that. Giannis is in a, a field all on his own. Mm-hmm. You know? So what he does offensively and defensively... The thing that bothers me is can we can we not hold de- uh Luca to this standard of defense without but holding other players Yes best. and it's because he's probably because he's a European player that automatically they always they, mention that defense that, defense yeah. yes and it's starting to to drive me insane like you know
0: Well thankfully it, like it is a narrative but at the same time you know last year he finished what like third in all-star voting there's plenty of media members who are talking about him as an MVP candidate and a top 10 player I swear mm-hmm. the ringer.com is going to be renamed to like Luca Doncic for mvp.com <laughs> because they just they love him yes. but um so like that is a narrative but I think overall people really do see Luca as like as an amazing player,
1: how do you not? I mean, yeah. I mean, when you just watching, watch him, him, the guy can do.
0: He's it's so easy. It's, it's like so easy for him.
1: He doesn't even need a step back. No, yeah. I mean, he does it because when it goes in, it's, it's really cool. cool. Yeah. It's awesome. But, <laughs> but he, he he, if he didn't even it. do it, he can get to the lane with, with ease, ease, and he's number one in the league and finishing. Field in the, yes, event. when he with it was you know somebody with at least eighty drives or something. So yeah. those that drive to the basket the most in the league, he's the best at it.
0: Yeah. He just and it's like you'll see the defense I and mean, you know the defense is laser focused on him when he has the ball. And it's like it still, doesn't even bother him. He drives in it, he gets a wide open layup. Mm-hmm. It's, somehow he's just he's so good. It's so easy for him. Sometimes it's like last night um against the Grizzlies, there was a stretch where he was picking them apart with mm-hmm. his drives and his passes. It was we were talking about it was like watching a it was like watching Aaron Rodgers in a two-minute drill. I mean, he just yes. he picks the defense And there's apart. nothing you can do about there's it. There's nothing you can do about it. You can set your defense up. You can stay focused. You can do everything right. And in the end, he gets a wide-open layup or someone yep. gets a wide-open three-pointer. And it's yep. just like he's unstoppable. Yep, agreed
1: 100%. He's, he's he's up there with the top players in the league. I, I don't know what number he's at right now. Right now, it's the way he's playing... <laughs> The way he's playing right now, yeah. he's got to be top five. That doesn't mean I'm saying he's top five in the league, but just as the way Currently, he's playing right now, these first nine games of the season, he's top five in the league. You yeah. cannot tell me that there are 10 people that are playing better than him right now.
0: Yeah, so like I tweeted last night that there, like some of these things that we see are maddening and some of the losses have really sucked. But having We got Luka. <laughs> yeah, like being able to watch Luka – it does make things a little bit better. Because and, you get to watch him, and you know the future is bright.
1: And uh, let's not forget Porzingis. Porzingis. I, I feel yeah. like he's not getting any love right now. We love and I do. And yeah. and I'm going to make Porzingis my favorite player. Just because Luca Mania is kind of disturbing. Like, <laughs> seriously, after every game... 9 out of the 10 questions to each player is Is it like
0: playing with Luca? Yes,
1: and every game they got to say the yeah. same <laughs> crap. And no,
0: speaking of Luca is the worst interview. Well, he's like every time he has it's, the same exact answer to every. Oh yeah, oh, it was great. Oh yeah, he's great. I'm glad well, I got the win. Oh, it's great. It's just great. <laughs> that's all he says. I
1: think that's more because his English is still a he's work in progress. With but yet. he also mentioned I watched one one post game and he goes, "You guys ask me that every question, yeah. and I say the same I, answer. I get it's asked great. Yeah, every,
0: after every <laughs> single game, yeah. So, <laughs> or like sometimes they'll repeat. Like a guy will ask a question, mm-hmm. and then three questions later, someone else says the same exact question, and and, and he's like, "I just yes. answered that.
1: I say that the best. Interview is Porzingis. I love his interviews. He's so honest. I love the... It's a breath of fresh air because so many times these players are always just giving these reporters crap because whatever reason, I love his honesty. Mm -hmm. You know, I I appreciate it. And uh, like I said, I'm going to make Porzingis my favorite player because I don't think people... Show enough love for Porzingis. The yeah. dude has been out for two seasons. Mm-hmm. He's trying to work his way in. He was an all star. He was on his way to being one of the best players in the league. Let's show the guy some love. Yeah. Drop the mic. All That's right, it. Yeah. On that. I'm done. Um, I'll yeah, tweet that is it. True.
0: It's just, I think it's a case of like what happened in Golden State. Like they drafted Steph, he's he's their guy. Like well, it's, it's Luka Mania. Kevin Durant just yeah. was like he never got the MVP chance, yeah. you know.
1: Yeah, it's it's Luca Mania. Yeah. And I got I if I ever had an opportunity to ask Porzingis, I would w- ask him one question about Luca and that's it. Because I know he gets asked about Luca every day. Were you surprised by how big Luca Mania uh-huh. really was? Like yeah. we all knew. Leukomania was there. Yeah. But when the season started and it actually hit you, were you even surprised, like, oh wow, this is this is crazy. Yeah. And then that's it. And then it'd all be back on him. All
0: back. Yeah, but no, he is a really good interview. And the thing is, like, you players feel like they have to be really careful because media, I mean, some people tend to like twist your words or take it out of context, and I get it. And I feel like Porzingis, he's so honest, but he's still he is very thoughtful. Like you can tell what he's saying. Mm-hmm. He's still thought about it and it's calculated. So he's not saying anything that he'll regret. Um, You know, it's kind of planned in that way, but he has planned those ideas so that he can be honest. Well, and
1: he's not giving emotional responses. No, like, he, th- he
0: thinks about it while he's It's talking very to analytical. You. Yes. Yeah. And he's
1: not going in there. Like there's some players that are honestly, I, I got to get the ball more. That's just yeah. all there is to it. That creates controversy. Yeah. He's saying that, but he's saying it like you know I'm still feeling my way. You know he he's very analytical with the yeah. way he responds. So I, I love his interviews. And I, I love his... you KP, <laughs> and uh, you are my favorite player. Okay, I'm and sure I just want to make sure. Oh, he he's going to start listening to our podcast. Okay. We're we're growing. Okay,
0: yeah, I am. Um, I really like Porzingis, and I like his attitude. I like the way he's handled his offensive struggles, you know, like we blame Carlisle cause we're fans and it's what we do. And it is okay. Carlisle's, you fault. know, it's okay. Like we just, we just talk, you know, you get emotional sometimes you say crazy things like it's fine. There's no need to act like we're not real fans or like,
1: and we're, you know, we're stuck with Carlisle. Think yeah. about what coach out there is available that you would take
0: you know, Jim Boylan might get fired <laughs> at some point. We're
1: not taking Jim Boylan and watch some. they <laughs> will be making the Men run, in Black references. Yes, yeah. it's just running suicides after every. Yeah, <laughs> they'll be like the movie Miracle after a oh, loss. Yeah. They'll be in the gym forty-five what are you doing minutes. For? You know so <laughs>
0: yeah so we anyways, don't want that yeah um okay that's all i feel like we've just spent the last 20 minutes just gushing about luca and porzingis porzingis we like you
1: too but, i love porzingis yes.
0: um but that's it for the episode thank you so much guys for listening um again follow me on twitter at underscore sydney myers and me at, at martin, martin l myers at, at twitter.com Mar- n- that's not how it works oh i'll go over that with you at martin l myers follow the show at dallas hoops if you're enjoying the podcast first of all thank you for listening feel free to leave a rating or a review wherever you're listening to this um, check out dallashoopscast.com for the latest episodes and exclusive articles that's all uh anything else no okay good we'll okay. see you guys in the next episode <laughs> bye, bye. <gasps> you said bye
1: it was a reaction i didn't need oh, to
0: i got that you better I, edit that out i almost pushed stop you're gonna edit that out i got out. it i'm leaving it in